The Chris Sheeran Show, only on YesNetwork.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of The Chris Sheeran Show on the at YesNetwork.com and the iTunes podcasts. You can download it for free at iTunes.com. You just put in Chris Sheeran Show into the little search bar there. It's your two favorite people in the whole wide world, Lou DiPietro. He is Lou DiPietro the Yes. That's me. On the Twitter. You could get rid of the the. And I am at Chris Sheeran Yes on Twitter if you want to chuck us a follow. We have a Facebook page for the Chris Sheeran Show. You go uh, over there on Facebook and like us and check that out. Lots of old podcasts on there that you can catch up on if you're just joining us for the first time. Uh, before we uh, sit here and start, you know, sportsizing, sportsizing, and and talking about basically what I talked with Sid Rosenberg on his show this morning. You know, sports is the livelihood that puts food on my family's table, and I, I will never take it for granted where I am or what I get to do on a daily basis, including this podcast. Uh, but in, in all honesty, as I told him and everybody that was listening in Miami and on smart tablets everywhere, uh, sports is a distraction. Let's be honest. I mean, in the grand scheme of things, somebody's defensive war <laughs> 10 years or 20 years or 50 years from now, who cares? Seriously. <clears throat> and I, again, Lou and I sit here, we have these discussions about sabermetrics and whatnot and whatever. But Somebody who struck out three times one night could come back the next day and hit three home runs. They easily flip the script and everything is fine in their world. And You, you know, can't predict baseball no. or, or anything else, really. My point is, and I just want to say this, and I'm, and I'm going to forget about it, but it, what happened in Virginia on Wednesday really bothered me. And I was in an <clears throat> awful mood yesterday. Uh, awful. All day. And... Unfortunately, I couldn't stop watching the coverage. We, we've all been in – anybody who's been in TV, and, I, and I've been doing this for 20 years. It, it's tough to say that, that I've been in this business for almost – no, for two decades now, since 1996. So it's been two decades. I've been on live shots. I, I know what that situation's like where, you know, if you're a camera person, you can't – the only thing you see – is the person that you're videoing. That's it. One eye's closed, so you could focus on the eye that's in the viewfinder. Adam Ward had no chance. Allison Parker had no chance. And this, <laughs> this piece of you-know-what films it and puts it on social media. I just want to say... To the families of Allison Parker and Adam Ward, uh, your loved ones are in not only my thoughts and prayers, my co-hosts, my families, everyone is thinking of you. And it's just a shame that everyone, you know, when it comes to politics on the left and on the right, they want to politicize it. Uh, we have to change the Second Amendment again or, you know, do we need stricter gun laws? Absolutely. We do. We need background checks. And that's coming from a gun owner. Yes, it is. We need background checks. We need people, if they want to order a gun like this guy said he did, he ordered it two days after the shooting in South Carolina. Ordered it. Got it. And what, what was it? June 19th? And what was yesterday? August what? Uh, Wednesday was the 20th, 25th. 
25th. Or 26th, so, I'm sorry. So he was a gun owner for less than two months. He's killed two people and himself. I've been a gun owner since 2012. The only place I've shot my gun is at the range. There's a difference. There's the difference. Now, before this keeps going into a <laughs> tangent-filled you know, political show, I want to stop right there. My main point, as I told Lou before we came on to do this podcast, I just wanted to throw out there that you know, the victims here, who should be the only people's names you should remember after this, Allison Parker and Adam Ward, uh, you are in our thoughts and prayers, and um, uh, words cannot express uh, how sorry I am for what happened yesterday. But anyway, let's move on and, and talk some baseball. You never know what could happen, unfortunately. Right. Anyway, the Yankees. Uh, wow. <laughs> I did the numbers before the Dallas Keuchel start because I did that BP show that night. And in their last five games leading into the Keuchel start, and it just got worse. Mm. As a team, they were batting 226. 226. And let me tell you something, Yankee fans. If, if you're not concerned, if you're not worried, and I know it's not even September yet, but what you saw from the Astros and Dallas Keuchel and Colin McHugh, if you get in the playoffs, that's what you're going to face in the first two games. And, you know, this is eerily reminiscent of those 2011 and 2012 Yankee teams that would go ice cold mm -hmm. in big spots. I know you can't have Michael Pineda go out there and give up five runs. It was his first start back. I got to give him a little bit of slack. But Ivan Nova? Well, the wheels fell off the apple cart in one inning for Pineda. It's not like he was terrible all day. Oh, no, I know. <clears throat> Started out great. Yeah. That's why I'm giving him slack, too. But here's the basic equation of, of baseball, everybody. You need to score runs to win a game. You need to hit the ball yep. to score yep. runs. The Yankees are doing neither. They scored four runs in three games. That's two of them in the ninth inning. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. And you're going up against the team leading the AL West. I can't say this enough. This is the type of pitching you're going to face in October. You're not going to face the fourth and fifth and spot start rookie coming up. And you're not going to face the fourth and fifth starters of the Red Sox, White Sox, no. and, uh, and, and the Twins either. You're going to face the fourth and fifth starters of the Astros they, and the, the Blue Jays. They had seven games left against the worst team in the AL Central. Seven. And they lost five. To the Indians. Mm -hmm. They went 2-5 and five against the Indians. They have seven games against the second-worst team in the L Central, and when they come in here at the end of next month, they'll be 2-1 and one against the Yankees. That would be the White Sox. Mm -hmm. The Toronto Blue Jays offense, if that doesn't scare you, it should. <laughs> they went into Arlington on Tuesday. 
and threw an ice bucket challenge worthy of an entire team on the hottest team in baseball at the time, the Texas Rangers. The Rangers had a 5-4 lead going into the top of the ninth. Blue Jays came back with two out, one six five. Then yesterday, yesternight, as my mother-in-law says, they go out there against Texas again. It's tied at two. Price a little shaky at the outset. Great defense, by the way, behind him. Yeah, to say the least. Little shaky at the outset. First and second, nobody out. In the bottom of the fourth, three straight strikeouts. Gets out of the inning. And you know what his offense does for him the next half inning? Ooh, ooh, ooh. Lou. They go out there and bombs away. They started to. Justin Smoke was just the cork pop of the onslaught that was just about to begin. Smoke hits the two-run homer in the top of the fifth. Then in the top of the sixth. It's bonanza time. Lead-off home run. Ribby triple, load the bases, and Edwin Encarnacion does the rest. Unloads the bases. I mean, I asked David Cohn two, two and a half weeks ago when the Yankees were playing the Blue Jays at the stadium. I said, is this lineup, and I think I mentioned this, but I said, is this lineup better than your 92 lineup? And yep. he said, he didn't even hesitate. He said, yes. And this lineup in Toronto just keeps proving him right. It it is sickening. And they don't even it really is. They don't even have Devin Travis, who was on pace. He he was a highly thought of rookie of the year candidate when he got hurt. And isn't Strowman coming back? The Strow, yes. Listen, if the Yankees mm-hmm. don't start hitting, this is just realistic. This is this is me being real here. If they don't start hitting, they're gonna blink. And they're going to be right with the Orioles and Rays. Mm-hmm. And what's happening with the Blue Jays, too, is what happened earlier in the year with the Yankees, where it was 1 through 13 were contributing. Right. Not just the lineup, but, I mean, the Kevin Pillars mm-hmm. and the, the Chris Colabellos of the world and DeAndre Navarro when he gets his chances. are Everyone is coming through. Whereas for the Yankees right now, nope, nobody. Nobody is coming through. And, and, and I wanted to mention something, too. This is going to be a pivotal series in Atlanta. And I wouldn't be surprised to see the Yankees make a roster move that isn't Brian Mitchell tomorrow. They did option Nick Goody oh, uh, out after last night's game. You know what else happened? Uh, Chris Capiano got DFA'd. Again. Fourth time. Fourth time? Fourth time. Uh, because you've got Mark Teixeira who can't move. You've got Alex Rodriguez who can't hit his way out of a paper bag right now. And you've got Jacoby Ellsbury who apparently hurt himself making a terrible defensive play the other night that opened the floodgates against Ivan Nova. This is what I mean. Colby Rasmus got ejected yesterday for arguing with the home plate umpire. This is what happened. He was playing right field. Mm -hmm. The guy that came in to replace him went in at first base. The first baseman moved to third. The third baseman moved to short. The shortstop moved to left, and the left fielder moved to right. So Colby Rasmus got ejected, and Jose Altuve was the only one other than the catcher who didn't move. Carlos Gomez didn't move. The Yankees can't do that. Brendan Ryan played right field in the middle of a blowout because they, they, they have no flexibility right now. Right. <clears throat> and with Teixeira, clearly not 100%. And Ackley was that move to make them more right. flexible. And right. He's hurt. 
Teixeira is not 100%. Who knows what Ellsbury's condition is even after two days off. A-Rod is slumping badly and could use a day off, but then you have to use McCann. It's, that's, that's what's left. Uh, starting with this Atlanta series tomorrow, Friday, the Yankees have 12 games before their series. Their next <laughs> four games set with the Blue Jays at the stadium. 12 games. September 10, 11, 12, 13. And it's three with the Braves. Three with the Red Sox on this road trip, if mm-hmm. I'm not and mistaken. And then Tampa Bay comes in on Labor Day weekend, and then Baltimore is the, the bridge. Tampa, Baltimore, <clears throat> and Toronto. then the Blue Jays. Yep. So the road is not – I mean, they're home, yep. but they were home against the Astros. They were home against the Indians. That didn't work out too well. I mean, this team – I, I don't. <laughs> the Indians, you know, maybe the Indians are just that every every good team has a bad matchup, and maybe the Indians were it this year. Maybe the Indians are getting tired of being the ones that are always the victims of everybody's uh, Monument Park plaque day, because that seems like every time the Indians are in town, somebody's number gets retired as of late. <laughs> <laughs> it's I think it's three in a row. Yankees are running out of numbers, by the way. But you know, it, it's now is. Everyone will say it. Teams are streaky. Things happen. It's a 162-game season. Things balance out, Joe Girardi will say. Now is the wrong time for the balance out. Well, here, here's the one positive thing, okay? And, and people are probably saying, positive? What are you talking about positive? Here's the positive thing. It's August, okay? Five games left before the, rosters expand. The Yankees' July was just like the Blue Jays' August. The Blue Jays, I think, are 18-4 and four this month. They're yep. something ridiculous. And ever since they got Tulowitzki, I think they've lost five games. And that was what? Towards the end of July? Yep. So, listen, I'm not saying Toronto's going to stay hot like this, but when you have a lineup, especially one through four, like they, you have Tulo leading off for crying out loud. With Encarnacion and Donaldson mashing behind him. And then Bautista. Mm-hmm. We talked about this last week. Any pitcher, starter or reliever, that has to come in and get those four guys in a big spot? That's tough enough as it is without Russell Martin and uh, Justin Smoke, the way he's hitting behind him. I mean, that's, that's not easy. No. You can't pitch around. Who are you going to pitch around? Whoever's playing left field, maybe. Well, I'll pitch around Tulo, and I'll pitch around Donaldson. I'll pitch around uh, Bautista. Oh, wait. Encarnacion is up. Oh, and then Smoke's up. Oh, and then Martin's hitting sixth. Oh, and then Ryan Goins is hitting. Oh, and then so is Kevin Pillar. Like, uh-oh. It, it, it's, isn't it amazing? I mean, it's amazing. It's amazing. Every time you wake up, you look at the score, you <laughs> – you would think the Rangers, you remember that series with the, with the Yankees and Rangers out there in Arlington. They were slugfests. The Yankees scored 21 runs in one of those yep. games. But they held them to five runs in the first game. They beat them 6-5, and it was 12-4 last night. David Price, you know, he went to the Tigers last year. They didn't go anywhere with, with, with that pickup. But this year, you know, Anthopolis is going for it. Uh Dombrowski is now with the Red Sox. Doesn't have to worry about Dave Dombrowski breathing down his neck. <laughs> um, I, I just – I don't see – right now, at the end of August, I, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't see the Yankees winning this division. If they get in the playoffs, they're, they're getting in as a wild card. And, <clears throat> you know, right now, it's the Yankees, and I think they're four and a half games up on the Twins, 
who are in that second spot right now because the Rangers have lost two in a row. But I, I just don't see there's any way possible for this team, the way, they, the way they're playing right now, if they continue this trend where they don't hit, they're not going to be the division mm-hmm. winner. Everything worked out perfectly this week for the Astros and the Blue Jays. Everything. They won, and their main competition Texas lost. Texas lost. Yeah. Right. That's why I said I wouldn't be surprised. You know, it's, we, we laugh at the Chris Capuano DFA count, but Garrett Jones has been gone twice now, too. Wouldn't be surprised if he's on the roster tomorrow. Why wouldn't he be? They need him. I mean, they have an empty spot. As I said, they, mentioned, they uh, optioned Nick Goody back to AAA after he took the bullet in the ninth inning last night, or yesterday afternoon, I should say. <clears throat> you know, with te- like I said, Texas banged up. A-Rod's a little tired. Maybe Beltran gets a DH day and Bird starts at first and he's in right field. You and never I, know. I think they have 30 of 31 games. They have, one, they have two more days off this two season. Two more days off, but I think there's a stretch where there's 30 of 31. I think I heard Joe Girardi say that the other night. Yeah, they, their, ne- their last two days off are next Thursday, the 3rd, mm-hmm. and then Thursday, the 17th. That's it. And I know you want to get guys rest, and they may be tired, but you need to have your best nine out there every night. Mm-hmm. Every damn night. The time for resting is over. It's almost September. You got to go out there. You're, you don't have a 10-game lead. Mm-hmm. You're down two right now. You got to put one through nine, the best guys that aren't hurting in the lineup. Yep, that's true. Brett Gardner, <clears throat> if there's a lefty, you start Brett Gardner. Brett Gardner plays. I know Chris Young has been hitting lefties, but wasn't he in like a two for 21 slump? But maybe that's the day that instead of that, maybe A Rod doesn't play. Fine. Then, you know? then bat Chris Young, make him your DH against the lefty, but Gardner. His rear end should not be on the bench. He should be playing. Steven Drew ahead of Brendan Ryan, too, even. Yes. As much as that's going to sound weird. You know? It's the pop. He's, you know, he could get into one. We've said that all year. You know, even though he hasn't hit for average, every once in a while he hits a home run. Yeah. You're not going to get that with Brendan Ryan. He's been a 200 hitter for two at-bats this season. Steven Drew. It's amazing. Two two at-bats. He's had at 200. Literally at 200. He was one for five going into his third at bat on the second day of the season, and he was a 200 hitter going into his second at bat on Monday. And I see this is another reason why. A, and maybe I'm an idiot, and people could call me idiots all they want. I really don't care. I, I'm, Kev, you're, an, I'm, you're I'm, an idiot. I'm Kevlar. It just bounces off me because I don't care anymore. But anyway, why not bring Ref Snyder up? Get some youth up here. Get, get, inject some life well, into this team. Well, now's the time that you think back to all those times that Joe Girardi kind of said around the Ref Snyder why are you not, era. Why are you not DFAing <laughs> Brendan Ryan and bringing Ref Snyder up here? Can Ref Snyder pitch two innings in a blowout? Probably. Brendan Ryan did. No, now's the time you look back when... I could. Yeah, when all that Ref Snyder stuff was going on and he came up for Boston around the break and all that and they said it's not a tryout and this and that. And then Girardi kind of kept saying that Stephen Drew, we were in first place. We got to where we are with Stephen Drew at second base, so there's no point in making a change. Well, now you're two games back with, what are they, at seven or ten left against Toronto? Seven. Seven. And there's 35-ish games left in the season? Correct. Okay. Um, you still got, you got to where you are with Stephen Drew now and where you are and where you want to be. No. It isn't so, where you want to be. Now, on September 1st, will Ref Snyder be on, on the bus up here? Probably should be. Probably. 
and to be fair, as much as it as much as it's weird, I don't, for lack of a better word, they do have three games, three of their last four before rosters expand are in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So they don't have a DH, so they'll have an extra guy on the bench as it is. I don't know what the love affair is with Brendan Ryan. I just don't. I know he's a good clubhouse guy. I know he could do a great impression mm-hmm. of Johnny Carson and, and Harry Carey. But it's time. It's just time. You need to bring this kid up here. You need to throw him out there. You need to inject a little life. He's got speed. Mm-hmm. He could hit for power. Let's see what he has. It can't be any worse than what's going on up here right now. I mean, look what Jose Perella did when he came up for the last right. week of last season. He electrified everybody. Hit a triple on his first Yankee Stadium bat and then scored on Derek Jeter's, you know, Derek Jeter drove him in. It, it's, it's just... That one nothing win in the first game against the Astros, even that game, you're just like, wow. It took Oliver Perez coming into a game? Scott Feldman looked like Cy Young. He did! This Scott Feldman now, we're granted, talking about. Nathan Avaldi looked like Nolan Ryan. He did. But Scott Feldman looked like Cy Young, and they had one opportunity, and we were laughing. You know, Girardi said, oh, you have to send McCann there. It's a bang-bang play. Mm-hmm. That was a bang-bang play because Carlos Gomez threw a three-hopper to the plate. He did. If Carlos Gomez threw a ball that Carlos Gomez is capable of throwing, McCann's out by 20 feet. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, yes, it took Oliver Perez, and they got lucky. The walk, the pass, you know, the wild pitch, I guess it was called technically, that moved Gardner down to second, so they decided to walk A-Rod because you keep the force and A-Rod can't run, so right. you go for the double play. It backfires because he can't throw strikes. And then, you know, poor Chad Qualls comes in, and he's got a you know three inherited runners, one scored. Well, you have been Houdini to get out of that situation. David Robertson yeah. <laughs> is the only one I've ever seen yes. get out of that with regularity. In the playoffs, by the way. Yeah. Uh, it, it's amazing. Facing a walk-off, no less. It's not even yeah. like you have another chance. It's facing no. a walk-off. But I'm glad you brought up Evaldi. Let's talk about him for a second. Let's talk about him because he's the lead story on YesNetwork.com right now as well, we tape this. do it. He, the transformation, I mean, the Marlins have to be looking at this guy right now saying, wow, where the hell did this come from? You know, did the Yankees secretly have, you know, this... Uh, I don't know what they're doing. Larry Rothschild, I, I applaud that. You know, I'll stand up, tip my cap, clap, whatever. This guy has brought the best out of him. And it hasn't, you know, not from the outset, but the stretch of the season. You just saw this guy mature, develop that splitter, mm-hmm. trust it. And when he could change, when you throw triple digits and you could change speed and your splitter or your, uh, you could make your fastball either 98, 99, 100, or 92, boring in on somebody. That's tough to hit, man. It is. He's not just rearing back and gassing anymore. And that's what, you know, Brian McCann told me earlier in the season. This guy's got above average stuff. He just needs to harness it. He's hard. I mean, it's those second, third, and fourth pitches. He's got four pitches now because his curveball has always been decent. He didn't get the win. Nope. But since June 21st, the guy is 8-0 and in 12 starts with an ERA just under 3. I think it's 292. Mm-hmm. But my goodness, has he been an eye-opener for this Yankee pitching staff. And he's, he's been their best pitcher. And three of the – I think he started – I think it's seven times he's gone seven or more, and three yeah. of those have come in the last four weeks. Mm-hmm. He's uh, averaging – since June 21st, he's averaging over six innings pitch. David Phelps, by the way, is 4-8 and eight with a 4-5-0 ERA for the Marlins. Not terrible. 
No. But you'd probably rather have Evaldi, who's, what, 13-2 and two with a 4 yeah. ERA? Yeah. And who has the In stuff the American he League. has. Right. And who has the stuff that he has. He, he is the lead story on YesNetwork.com as we tape this on Thursday afternoon because I wrote a story basically exactly extolling the virtues of what we just talked about. Between Joe Girardi, Brian McCann, and Evaldi himself talking about his maturation into a four-pitch pitcher. And Brian McCann used the exact words about his split. It's a game changer. Mm-hmm. It is a game changer. Simple. It's real simple. When you could have guys off balance, you know, the Mets proved, Curtis Granderson proved, if you throw 98 right down the middle, as loud as it comes in. The, it as, just goes out it, just as fast. Yes, it's as loud mm-hmm. going out. That Sunday night or early in the season was about 42 degrees at the stadium. But um, he's, he's learned. You know, there's, we always talk about it. There are throwers and pitchers. He's a thritcher. He's, he's, he's evolving from a thrower into a pitcher. Right. He, he's right there. And, and what is he, 24? 25. 20, 24, yeah. 24, 25 years old? Mm-mm. This is a top-of-the-rotation guy the Yankees could have for the foreseeable future to pair up there with a Severino and a Tanaka. His contract will come due quicker than you think because he's been around forever. <clears throat> but, yes, he's got another two years minimum. So it's very, very electric. Yeah. Now, speaking of that, <clears throat> let's go back to bad things. Bad things. Bad things. Very bad things. Okay. That was a very bad movie. You're a so bad a... man, Jerry Seinfeld. First of all, why is Mark Teixeira pinch hitting with nobody on base and two outs in the ninth inning down four runs when he can't run yesterday? I wish somebody had asked that question. I don't have the answer. I wish somebody had asked that question because I would love to have seen the steam come out of Joe Girardi's head. <laughs> You've got a guy who, who admitted that two days earlier he couldn't bat left-handed, period, who can't run. You're trying to that give, was obvious in the game he started. You're trying to give two days off to heal an injury that cost him a week, and you have him pinch hit down four with nobody on base and two outs in the ninth inning. Best case scenario, he gets into one, it's 6-3. Worst case scenario... Well, he made an out. But that's not even the worst case scenario. Worst case scenario is he hits he gets on base, then you've got to burn a pinch runner. Not exactly I don't know what was going on there. But no. <laughs> in terms of other very bad things, I forgot last week to bring up a point I wanted to make, questioning that oh, I know okay. the Yankees wanted to go to a six man rotation mm-hmm. and those those hopes have been dashed. And I was going to say that I thought it was very strange, not good, not bad, but very strange that they were going to bring back Pineda this week instead of next week when rosters expanding. You don't have to make a move. When you've got a day off today, six games, so somebody's going to go twice either way, and then a day off before you get into the big stretch. CC Sabathia's injury kind of poo-pooed that. Mm-hmm. You kind of needed somebody to fill in the rotation right. spot, so you might as well activate Pineda now. <clears throat> But I thought that was very weird that a team that wanted to go to a six-man rotation or was thinking about it or whatever they're doing was bringing a guy in Pineda who even Girardi said yesterday he can give us about 80 to 85 pitches. Now, Avaldi saved the bullpen on Monday by going eight. Brendan Ryan saved the bullpen on Tuesday by pitching the last two innings after Chris Capuano fell apart. So maybe Wednesday is the day you want to bring in Pineda when you know he's only got five, maybe six in him. But 
you see what I'm doing here? Like, yeah. but, but, but that doesn't make sense. It didn't make sense given what they were saying that he was coming back for that start. It just, that's what it was. It, did, it didn't make sense. Given everything they were saying, what they were doing was the opposite of what they were saying they wanted to accomplish. Uh, to put on top of that, CC's injury makes that even more of a head scratcher. Because why would you rush back Pineda when you have that stretch? It's, it's, the, it's the event to give Tanaka extra rest. Either way, he was going to get seven days rest for one start and four for another. So you might as well give him seven now. And then he goes on regular rest, <clears throat> his next start, and then he gets the extra day because of the day off. So that at least kind of works into things. But they can throw in Brian Mitchell, or they can throw in, they can call up a Kyle Davies or Capuano if he comes back for his fourth go round with the Yankees. <laughs> they can throw one of those guys in there because you have the, you know, Girardi even said it, you can be creative because you've got 12, 13 guys in the bullpen, so you can Johnny Holstaff at one game. Is there, is there any rule that says how many times you can be DFA'd by the same team? No. And we were talking about this yesterday, me and someone else here. Um, Actually, it was Jeff Quagliata, our research, uh, right. our, our yes, research guru. At yes to research on Twitter. He's like, you know, there's no rule with the options and the shuttle and all that. He's like, I wonder if somebody will create the Yankee rule after this because they've made a hundred and something roster moves this year. Most of which are optioned, optioned seventh relief pitcher A to triple A, recalled seventh relief pitcher B. Optioned seventh relief pitcher B to triple A, recalled C, and so on and so on. Reset. Yeah. Second verse, same as the first. Yeah, but up until this point of the season, it's worked nicely for the Yankees, and we talked about that too, where, you know, seasons passed, like last year and the year before, when these guys were coming up, it was to fill voids of injury, uh, not as a necessity to keep the bullpen fresh, and you're looking to back up Michael Pineda because you don't know how many innings or how many pitches he's got, so you need the extra fresh arms out there. So, you know, again... I think the way everything's been managed this year has been great. Um, it's real simple, though. This team has to hit. <laughs> it's, it's real true. simple. The team just has to start hitting again. It's not that hard. It's, you, don't, you don't have to look up any saber metrics. You have to swing the bat. Make contact with the ball. Make contact with the ball and find an area where there's no fielder. That, after a couple of times, will amount to runs, which, in turn, if you're starting pitcher, could hold the other teams to less runs. You have one of the best bullpens in the league out behind the wall. Um, then you get a win. But the Yankees haven't been able to do that lately. You know, and when you have one starter who's basically giving you solid outings in Nathan Avaldi. And everyone else is pretty much a crapshoot at this point. Even Tanaka. You know, I, Nova, I thought, would, would come in here and be better than he is. I know he's coming off TJ, but I really thought Nova was going to be a little bit more solid than he has well, shown here's, us. Here's the thing with Ivan Nova is that this is nothing new, what he's doing right now. Ivan Nova shows flashes of brilliance where for five, six starts even sometimes, he looks like a top-of-the-rotation pitcher in the making – this guy's got all the stuff to be all. It's the one inning, and then and and then he has flashes of three, four starts in a row. Sometimes even where he looks like, what is, is this guy the fifth starter on the worst team in the league? Like he's eating innings in September for a team that's going nowhere. He looks like that kind of pitcher. There's a reason why he's lost or won 
every single start. He's, he has a decision in every single start he's made this year. There's a reason for that because there's no in-between. He's amazing or he's pedestrian and gets clobbered in one inning and doesn't recover from That it. is the definition of a fifth starter, pretty much. Basically. Um, but you have guys like Evaldi. Tanaka's been up and down. And I know he's coming off, you know, the elbow, the forearm. Pineda, has he even pitched a complete year without being on the DL yet in his career? I think technically he did as a rookie, but they, they, they kind of monitored. The year he went to the All-Star game? Yeah, they monitored his workload because he started to slow down in and the second half. And lost every game he started in the second half for yeah. Seattle. Um, CC. Uh, you know, he, I, this is why I continue to love that guy. He was probably pitching on that knee the way it was for a while, now. for a while now. Um, and he gutted it out. And this is the type of guy I want on the mound. The guy that's going to go until he can't go anymore. It's kind of like being at the gym and you have your mind set on doing 12 reps. But when you get to that 12th rep, you got three more in you and you throw up 15. That's the type of guy Sabathia is. And that's what he gave the Yankees this year. So anybody out there that's happy that this guy is out of the rotation, you should hang up your Yankee fandom. That's hideous. Did he have an awful year? Yeah. Did he sign that huge deal? Of course he did. You wouldn't have? Nope. You, you wouldn't have put your name on a hundred and whatever million dollar contract? You would have in a heartbeat. This guy is the type of guy you want out there for you. Where he's going to give it his all and, and try to keep the team in the game. Mm-mm. Yeah. Chris Capuano and on the other side, Jose Perella are the opposite sides of the coin when it comes to how contracts can work for and against players. Chris Capuano, because he'll keep accepting outrights, except for the other day when he just outright took his release and then re-signed the same contract because it would have been a procedural movie. would have had to wait another day. Um, he's not going to give up that $5 million. He's made a million dollars over the last month to kind of get jerked around between AAA and the majors, you know, with everything that's been going on. Good work if you can get it, I guess. Yeah. On the other side, you have Jose Perella, who, if he's lucky, has made a million dollars in his career, if he's lucky. Right. And... Even if he comes up on September 1st and spends the rest of the season, he's going to end up with about 45 days of Major League service time. He's got two options left, so the Yankees could keep him in the minors for two more years, then add on three more pre-ARB years because he's not going to reach Super 2 status. Guy's going to be 33 years old before he even gets to arbitration. And he spent, it's not, he's not like somebody like Cole Figueroa, who's been a minor league free agent or, or guys like that, you know, the Alberto Gonzalez's of the world. It's a guy that's been in the same organization since he was 17 years old. So, could I make a bold prediction? Sure. Um, giant fans, I'm talking about New York football giant fans here. For the a Nye Giants. The opening game in Dallas Sunday night will be over before halftime. You will not have to worry about getting your rest that night. The game will be over before halftime. Book it. That is going to be a horror show in Dallas. A horror show. Des Bryant might have 300 yards receiving in that game. 
Dallas's offensive line is ridiculous. Did we we just flip the script to the NFL real quick like that? I, it just it just popped into my head. I'm sorry, mm-hmm. and I was done talking about the Yankees. And I think we all were. It was, let's just wait till September. But that game, let me save you some time, energy, agita, and ulcers. You can watch the first quarter. <laughs> you can watch the first part of the second quarter. I'm telling you right now. That game will be over before halftime. That'll be 24-3 Dallas. Book it. (laughs) And the second half, you know, the Cowboys will put up a couple more before they yank Romo. The JV will be in. It's not going to be pretty. This Giants team, I, I love the fact that Spags is back, but he does not have a magic wand. And the more Bennett Jackson who turned heads this year at training camp, he was going to be a starter at safety. He's hurt. He's done for the year. This is scary, ladies and gentlemen of giant fandom. The offensive line just lost Marshall Newhouse. He was a backup to a backup. Now he's gone. Geddes went out to the Broncos, the Eagles, Linemen that wanted more money. I, I don't see how a sane Giant fan could sit in their chair today and believe that we have a shot that Sunday night. Because we don't. There's just no way they're going into Dallas and winning that game. I will be shocked beyond all belief if Eli Manning isn't sacked 10 times, throws three interceptions, it, it, it's going to be ugly. So what you're telling me is that drafting Larry Donnell as my backup tight end in my first fantasy draft today was a bad move. I should have taken You shouldn't else. take any, not even mm-hmm. Odell Beckham. You shouldn't even take him. He's not going to get the ball. Eli's not going to have enough time to get him the ball. Don't draft him. I'm telling you, right? everybody, do not draft Odell Beckham. Will you get those weeks... Every once in a while where he scores you 20, 30 points, yeah, you'll have maybe one or two of those. But he's not going to give you that. He's not Megatron. And that's saying a lot because the Lions don't have a great offensive line either. And they don't have much in the way of offensive weapons besides him and Golden Tate. They're hoping Amir Abdullah. the Giants do. That's the thing that's so – this is the biggest catch-22 on that offense – they have Beckham, they have Cruz, they have Reuben Randall, who Odell Beckham can't praise enough, was with them at LSU. They have those three guys. They've got Rashad Jennings. They picked up the kid from the Patriots. Shane Vereen. Shane Vereen. And, and Andre Williams played very well last year. Do, do, hey, kids. Kids that didn't see, that didn't have the privilege Pleasure to see Archie Manning play quarterback. You're going to get to see a great impersonation of Archie Manning when Eli gets under center this year. From his middle son. Because he is going to be running backwards more than he's throwing the ball forwards. It's not going to be fun. You can't patchwork together an offensive line. You can't. This is just facts, people. You can't do it. You can't take guys out of position. Jeff Schwartz, 
Great pickup in free agency, but the guy can't, he can't stay off the sidelines. And he comes out, who are you going to throw in? Great NFL teams, Super Bowl winning NFL teams, the anchor of those teams, besides great defenses, obviously, is the offensive line. If you don't have an offensive line, you are not going anywhere. This is going to be the third straight year that this team is brutal. They were 0-6 two years ago. Started out 3-2 and last year, and then I think they went 0-7 after that 3-2 and start. Mm-hmm. And it's not going to be any better this year. If and you, then they beat like Tennessee or Jacksonville in week 14 or 15 to break that streak. Yeah. It wasn't even like a good win. No. No. I had stopped watching at that point. The football season was over. Don't get me wrong. I watched the playoffs in the Super Bowl. But as far as wasting three and a half hours on a Sunday afternoon, that ship well, sailed. Well, that's when red zone becomes your best friend. That ship sailed. Are you all right? Yeah, I just I leaned back. I don't want you far. to hurt yourself. This Fall is, into the green screen. Th- this has been my self-loathing Giants segment. Um, well, I, it's, like I said, that's when red zone will be your best friend. I, I mean, the Eagles open on Monday night uh, against the Atlanta. Falcons yeah. in Atlanta. So I'll be watching red zone all day Sunday as well as Yankees-Toronto. That's the, the opening day of NFL season is the final day of the Yankees-Toronto series. I, I'm glad I have a TV, a computer, and my iPad because I'll be in my office with NFL on the screen, the Yankees-Blue Jays game on one other screen, and my iPad will probably have the U.S. Open finals on it eventually at some point. If you want – people don't like hearing the truth. I, I don't know who said it. I heard it somewhere yesterday. I forget who said it. Sid Rosenberg. No, it wasn't Sid. It wasn't Sid. It was someone. It was either Fox News or CNN. I was watching both of those yesterday. And somebody on there said, somebody said it. But anyway, I digress. People want the truth until you tell them the truth. And there is no one better on Twitter when talking about the Giants and being realistic than our buddy Art Stapleton. (laughs) If he, Sid actually posted that quote on his Facebook page today. So that's he, why I thought. Oh, yeah, did he really? True, yeah. Um, he saw the same thing I did yesterday. Um, but here's the thing. If you want to know how the Giants are going to do on a week-to-week basis, you need to follow Art. I think it's at Art underscore Stapleton. Just look him up and follow him. This is where my pessimism comes from. Now. The last time I was in this funk of a mood on my New York football giants, I said they were going to go 5-11. and 11. They ended up winning the Super Bowl. Which, to be fair, they only went 9-7, and seven, right? Uh, yeah. So, I mean, yeah, and I'm not, I'm not saying it's going to happen this year. But I actually ate my words on television. I went to ShopRite. I bought a cake. I had them write Giants 5-11 and 11 on it. It was when I was doing the show when Francesa was still here. And I did a timeout where I showed the cake and said, this is what I said before the season. I just want to show everybody that I own up to my words and I will eat my words. I took a bite of the cake and I said, my words never tasted so delicious. End scene. But uh, there's just, look. They're one linebacker injury away from having, again, they might even have this situation. They have special teams players playing linebacker. 
That was the case last year. If Beeson goes down, I think Herzlick is already hurt. If Beeson goes down, who's going to play middle? Who? Who knows? Well, it's the same thing in the secondary. I mean, you've got two great cornerbacks out there in Prince right. and DRC. I know. And their safety looks like the, the, the waiver wire. Well, Brandon Mer- uh, Merriweather. Is, well, he'll get suspended eventually for headhunting somebody anyway. Yeah. But, God, it's just not a pretty picture. I hope they sh- surprise me. I hope they shock me. But I just think, boys and girls, this is going to be another year. By week eight, my Sundays will be free and clear. <laughs> did you say free and clear? Yes. Yes, I did. With the exception of, you know. Looking at my fantasy team, which I don't draft till September sixth. Me and me and my Demarco Murray jersey will invite you over for some uh, for some wings and beers. You wings know what? Sports. We're gonna watch that first Eagles Giants game because you have to wear my Giants jersey. I do. When we watch it, you have to f- fulfill that bet. We'll go to we'll go to the World of Beer in Stanford. We'll check it out hmm. if it's still opened. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. Maybe we'll go to Bobby V's and see if Bobby V's there, and we can talk to Bobby V. Yeah, the podcast. there you go. But uh, that'll be fun and. Um, Look, I don't know what the Eagles are going to be this year. Uh, their quarterback, if Sam Bradford stays healthy, who knows? But that's a big if. It is a big if. But the thing about that is that Mark Sanchez showed last year that he's capable of running the offense in limited spurts. It's if Bradford gets hurt with an injury that causes him to miss a less than or more than limited because, spurt, I should say. I mean, if, if I was Chip Kelly, it would be a steady diet of DeMarco Murray. Well... To protect his quarterback. Jordan Matthews could have a breakout season if the quarterback situation stays isn't as fluid as it was last year. And Nelson Aguilar has looked very good in camp so far. So, yes, they're without Macklin. They've lost Jackson. They've lost that swagger. But they've got two young guys who look pretty good. Mix that in there with Darren Sproles running out there on in flat patterns, and you can rotate Murray and Matthews so that Murray doesn't have to be the bell cow. You can put both of them in at the same time because you know you got Sproles behind him. And Zach Ertz could still be a weapon. I mean, he, he was a little yeah. underutilized at times last year. So they're going to run 836 plays, give or take, a, a game anyway. See, that's the thing with so, the Giants. You don't need a tight end. When you have all that other stuff going on, Donnell is just like a pawn in game of life compared to everything else. Manuel says you do this. <laughs> have you ever seen – I don't know if I've asked you this. Have you ever seen the, the old HBO original movie, The Comrades of Summer, starring Joe Montaigne as a baseball coach? That would be a huge no. Okay. So let me, let me give you the scene here. Let me set the scene for you. Joe Montaigne is, a, is basically Pete Rose. In terms of his life, he was a great baseball player, manager, but kind of blackballed from America. Mm-hmm. This is around 1990, the fall of the Soviet Union, obviously. So he gets an offer to go over to Russia and coach like their Olympic baseball team. Mm-hmm. And he's got nothing to work with. I mean, his, his pitcher is a guy who he finds playing tennis, and he's like, if you can make the ball move with your hand the way you do with your racket, you'll be my pitcher. And his assistant coach just keeps telling him that Manuel says to do this, and Manuel says to do that, and it's kind of like Joe, he's kind of like Joe Girardi. The book tells him what to do sometimes, so everybody says. And then he finds Manuel, and it's it's like how to play baseball for dummies. <laughs> and Joe Montana goes, like, "Manuel is a manual. You're reading a book." <sighs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's kind of what it's going to be like for the Giants' offense. Like, well, the book says we need to do this because. No. 
We got to do something. Look, I, I feel bad. I, I feel bad for Eli. Um, he's got the weapons, uh, and he's got he's got no protection. It, it's just you could try to spin it any way you want. You could try to put a positive light on not having a solid offensive line and still think, have a pipe dream that this team is going to be a playoff team this year. I, I just don't see it. And their defense, although they did do some things to – and let's, let's be honest, JPP blew up their defense. This is a circus. On this July 4th. Is, he has made this a circus. He has. He hasn't let the Giants see him yet. Um, now, both sides say there's no animosity, and he Skyped with OCU Minura, and he, you know, was positive, and this and that. And, and Tom Coughlin and, and John Mara – Protecting his money because he doesn't want to. Tom Coughlin and John Mara were both on with Michael Kay and Don LaGreca earlier this week and all said the right things too. But you know, inside they're fuming. They are pissed. They're pissed. That's a, that's an, that's a situation where you need some guy to come in, like in that movie True Lies, and inject them with sodium pentothal because you really want to know how they feel. Dana, jump. The bridge is out. Harry, Sorry. are we going to die? Yep. Yep. <laughs> That's the kind of brutal honesty I want from my owner and my head coach. But they're not going to give that to you. You know, They're going to be politicians, and they're going to tell you what everybody wants to hear, not what everybody needs to hear. And, and I need to hear what really is going on in that situation. But you're not I, I give credit, but I also give a sympathy vote to the Giants for this. I'm surprised they haven't either straight flat out released him, tried to void his contract tender in some way, or done something that would either sever the employment status or severely limit the monetary compensation that JPP has for 2015. On the other hand, as you mentioned moments ago when talking about the linebackers, if he's not playing on the defensive line, who is? Right. I know Owa, our buddy Owa. Oh, yeah, Fumi Marku, yeah, that. yeah him. We talked about Art Stapleton yeah. about him. Um, everybody, even his peers, are saying this guy's going to be a beast. They, uh, he reminds them of OCU Minura, but is he a starter? I mean, is he going to be out there every down, every play? Is he going to be a third down you know, pass rush specialist? Who knows? I mean, the Giants can't afford to lose a guy on the outside like that, especially when you're weak at linebacker to mm-hmm. begin with. It's 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 not. And look, Dallas loses DeMarco Murray. Is that a big loss? Sure. Their loss is the Eagles gain. But they still have a potent running attack. Yeah. Joseph Randall. Joseph Randall is. is and yeah. they signed Darren McFadden, who you never know right. how much he's got left in the right. team. Right. And he could surprise you. Yeah. But Randall did a great job in the backup role last year. I just, I have that image burned into my head of Martin running down the field faster than Randall. <laughs> Like steamrolling everybody in his path, just a big number seventy. <laughs> it's a monster. Well, this, oh, this week God. is going to tell us a lot about a lot because this is it. This is the dress rehearsal. You know, this is the, this is the game where everybody's going to play and play deep in the games and, and see what gels. And the fourth preseason game is basically special teamers are playing the whole game to figure out who makes the, the roster. Right. So this is it. Look, you know, I mean, hey, Tim, look at Tim Tebow down in Philly. You never know what you're going to get out of some guys. I don't care what happens. Just don't get anybody else hurt. Um, it's the five preseason. Don't you think that's a little much? Five preseason games. Well, I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to answer that 
with a no for this reason. It, 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 as you know, obviously Kay and, and LaGreca have had them on, and Mike Francesa has been at Giants and Jets camp and, and everything the last couple weeks. Every radio station and every radio host in town has been. And I forget where I was listening to Todd Bowles, but he was on when one of the shows it all kind of blends together was on. And he was asked just that, and he's like, well, we don't really have as much time. It was Frances, actually, because he was asking him about two days when he was a player you know, in the NFL. And they don't have as much time in camp to evaluate guys anymore, so they need the game speed situations to eval- make these evaluations. Mm-hmm. So, yes, it, it sucks in that you give guys more opportunity to get hurt or whatever. But on the other hand, there's – 50th, 51st, 52nd and down man on the roster decisions that need to be made at game speed now because you can't evaluate guys as much Do you see on the as practice many, field. Like, I've never, the past couple years, the busiest guy on the Giants has been Ronnie Barnes, for crying out loud. I don't want that. I don't want the head medical person on the Giants to be the most, to be the busiest person on the team. I, I don't see this with any other team. Is it me? I don't see. Well, it's the same joke you could make with the Mets the last. But few I don't years see players staff. dropping like flies on on other teams like this. Maybe it's a strength and conditioning issue. I, I don't know, but whatever it is, maybe it's a lack of. I mean, maybe they just have a lot of fragile guys issue. Who knows? I, I, I don't know, but it, it's it's. Well, I mean, look at the Eagles' offensive line the last couple of years. I mean, last year it was a it was a turnstile. No, I, I get so it. So it, it does happen elsewhere. We're just immersed. That in was it. during the season. At least you get to the season healthy. We don't. We don't even get that. We're already like scrambling. We we picked up a linebacker who who is out there as a free agent. I forget. Uh, forgive me, but I, I I forget his name. But you're bringing in scraps in to potentially start. There's a reason why this guy wasn't signed, isn't there? I don't know. Like I said, we're going to learn a lot tonight through Sunday. With When are the Giants and Jets on? Is that tonight or is that Saturday? I believe it's Saturday. Let me, let me double check that. Because yeah. I, I will admit that I watch very little preseason football. I watch the Eagles. I haven't watched a down. I watch the yet. Eagles like the, I watch Not this game. Not a down. Yeah. NFL Network replays everything. So I'll watch this game for the Eagles, kind of mm-hmm. see the offense. But like, you know, I, preseason football. I watch spring training baseball games for a different reason, half because I cover it, obviously. Actually, but actually, that's not true. I did see a down. I was flipping back and forth between the Yankees and Blue Jays and the Giants and their first preseason game, and it was their first offensive series. It was second and seven. I missed the first play. Second and seven, Eli takes the snap, drops back, fires it to uh, Rashad Jennings in the backfield. And drops it. And tackled for a four-yard loss. Sounds about right. And I say, yep, back to baseball. I've seen enough. Seen enough. Saturday. Saturday night. All right. Giant Saturday Jets. night. Oh, I'm here. I'm doing extra you innings. You have extra innings? Yeah. Uh, I, get to, I get to watch Severino pitch. I'll watch it in Bob's office, and I will put Severino on one screen and the Giants on the other screen. My Saturday night is planned. And beforehand, you can uh, come in early if you want. You can watch NYCFC against Columbus at Yankee Stadium. That place rocks when they're there, man. Rocks. 4 p.m. only on Yes. The Yankees are on – Yankees Braves will be on Fox Sports 1 at 7 p.m. Yes, I think we've uh, milked this as long as we can. Mm -hmm. Something like that. Another week in the books. The big blue marble keeps spinning around the sun. 
we keep getting older. And next week, you know, next week we can talk to uh, next week we can talk to some football experts because we'll have seen the dress rehearsal. We'll have seen Jets Giants. Yes, I'm gonna get. Um, I'm gonna try to get Art Stapleton back on the show. Uh, we'll get the uh, records Jet beat writer as well. Uh, we'll talk Giants Jets. Maybe and we'll talk a little. Po- maybe we'll talk a little minor league postseason too. Maybe we'll call up some of our friends down in Trenton or Scranton. Yes, see what we get out of them. So you we'll, never know. We'll put together a nice maybe two hour show. <laughs> A nice package of content. Uh, we'll try. We will try our best. But for Lou DePietro, I'm Chris Sheeran. We're going to wrap this up. Have a great week, everybody. Bye-bye.